welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one-stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered with your host, number one international best-selling author and heart-centered sales expert, Connie Whitman. Welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your Heart Centered Sales Leader and host, Connie Whitman. Thank you for joining us this week. So every week as you as you tune in, I really do hope that I'm helping you change that perspective of sales being that icky, sleazy, pushy, manipulative kind of vibe to one that I hope you're truly approaching heart-centered and coming from a place of, of uh, love, care, and respect when you have your sales conversations. Also, to help you on your mindset shift journey, I have my communication style assessment. Everybody is loving it. They're really able to dig in and observe and get the report on what the superpowers are, and they get the report on blind spots, which I think sometimes kind of more important than even our superpowers. Our blind spots is are where we like kind of shoot our, shoot ourselves in the foot. So go to com slash CSA. It's free. It's there for you. Please take it. And I hope the report helps you navigate this whole mind shift that I talk about weekly. Also, if you're loving the show, which of course I hope you are, please subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you can rate and write one of your little lovely reviews to me, I read them and I feel so loved when you uh, send me those uh, words of wisdom, love and support. Always appreciate it. Now, my motivational quote today is by Miranda Katz, and Miranda says, people are really listening and want to consume all of the content that is there and available. There's a level of dedication that comes from podcast listeners that you don't otherwise find, and now the numbers prove it. Podcasts aren't a bubble, they're a boom, and that boom is only getting louder. So do you like the sounds of your voice when you record it or hear it on a voicemail? If you're like me, you probably don't love listening to yourself, which is funny that I host a podcast. For me, all I hear is my very distinct Jersey accent. Yet podcasting, sharing video content on YouTube, Facebook Live, LinkedIn, all of those things, it's everywhere. And it's craze seems to be, I think, growing every day. So what do you do if you don't like the way you sound doing these live and or recorded uh, events? So here's the thing. You know that you need to be out there to connect deeply with your ideal client, right? So we're like, Ugh, what do we do? So do not fear. Of course, help is here. Today, my guest is Tina Dietz. And Tina is an award-winning an internationally acclaimed speaker, audiobook publisher, podcast producer, influence and vocal leadership expert who has been featured on media outlets including ABC, Inc.com, Huffington Post, and Forbes. Now, Tina's podcast, um, her podcast is The Start Something Show, was named by Inc. Magazine of one of the top 35 podcasts for entrepreneurs. Now, Tina's company, Twin, Twin Flame Studios, amplifies the influence of leaders, experts, and companies around the globe. And I think you're going to find today's discussion super interesting. So please help me welcome my wonderful friend, Tina, to the show. So, Tina, thanks for being on. Oh, Connie, thank you so much. It's great. And I, you know, I got to go take that assessment after uh, the interview today. So I was like, oh, I meant to do that. That's such a cool thing. It's such so a cool thing. I'm glad thing. you mentioned that. Yes. Oh, no. I, I, you know, I love giving free things away, especially if it's a resource that people can 
bite into and actually create like an action plan from, I'm all for it. So yeah, yeah I, love, me too. I love sharing. Yeah, I know you are. All right. That's so, my action step after the show. Y- yes, that's, that's exactly right. We're going to end <laughs> on an action step, of course. That okay. quote, was that like spot on for our conversation today? Completely, completely. It's crazy. Um, well, you know, it's where we're recording here. Um, we're big news in, in podcasting just in the last 24 hours. Apple making a tremendous move in podcasting, totally relaunching their podcast platform. Crazy. It's just nuts. There's news every day. And because now everybody wants everything at their fingertips, podcasts are just such a great resource again of information and you could dial in to exactly the topic that resonates with you that you want to listen to versus you know just you know thumbing through the channels right my kids my kids listen to so many different podcasts it's fascinating and the information they come back and share it's like wow i'm so glad you guys are into this mean of communication right of learning um so podcasts are just they're here to stay and they really are important. Why do you believe that creativity is, has such an important place in business? Because podcasting is creative in, in, in essence. Yeah, I mean, everything really comes from a place of, of creativity. We are born creators. Human beings cannot help but create. It's what's kept us here. It's what's had us grow. It's what's had us innovate for the thousands and thousands and thousands of years that we've, we've been here on the planet. Um, it's also what gets us into trouble. But that's another story. Uh, And when we cultivate our creative spark, that's when we feel most alive. And connection is part of creativity, feeling connected to each other, feeling connected to uh, our, you know, what might be considered a greater purpose or to a mission or to a vision or to a community. Uh, All of those things are really important for us to be creating and creating in a way that allows us to make the world a better place, to make our own lives better, to make a difference for those uh, around us, and also to pass it on to the next generation. Um, You know, a lot of folks talk about, oh, these up-and-coming kids, they're this, they're that. And the older generation said the same thing about us when we were rising up. But the truth of the matter is, is that we're the ones that made the next generation we're actually responsible for that. So any of the foibles that we think that that next generation has come up, guess what? We're the ones that were handing out the participation trophies. We're the ones that were, you know, cultivating the sense of them of don't believe everything you hear. You need to go out and find out more. You need to uh, have social proof and money as and everything. Those are some really big themes in Gen Z that are rising up now. And it's changing the face of business. And of course, business, I'll, I'll speak to business as if it is it's an actual thing. Um, some people are freaking out. Some people and in, in organizations are really embracing embracing it. But the bottom line is, is that we are in a time of very rapid change. And one of the ways that we can stay on top of everything or uh, to help to navigate all that change is through podcasting, certainly, but moreover, just through our communication uh, and through, as uh, you mentioned earlier, the voice and our voices. It's true. And two things I want to comment on. First one, is the leadership, you know, we've heard about, well, there's all these leadership 
models. There's all these leadership phraseology. And the newest one that's coming out is they say the leaders of today, it has to be innovative leadership. It was uh, a decade ago or even more recently than that. It was transformational leadership. Now they're saying it's innovative leadership, which I agree with because we can't do what was. We have to really stay relevant with what is, right, in, in organizations. The second thing, the creativity part, it's funny, I, I uh, just, I did a, a workshop recently, a live webinar, and I, I just launched my um, uh, sales masterclass, my ESP, Easy Sales Masterclass. And one of the things that I did in, in just zoning the messages in is I use the three little pigs story because we as, as people, as humans, right? Salespeople, they're banging us. They're hammering us. It's that whole icky kind of vibe. So like the three little pigs, we keep running and running and trying to find even more barricades to protect us from that, those icky salespeople, right? So I use the three little pigs and I said, well, now there's five little pigs that are living in a fortress, right? And they have the moat around with the drawbridge because we're so battered, um, from all these different, and, and I think there's so much noise online now. So it's like, who do you believe? Who do you trust? Who has the next best thing? And for me, it's just a bunch of noise. And I, I, I hope my creative approach to sales is different enough that I'm swimming upstream and not downstream. And that's what you're talking about with that creative that, that, um, in organizations now should have podcasts. Like it's not, should we do it? It's how fast can you get it? Can it, can you get it launched? So we get our voice out there and we can market just in a much more personal, I think an intimate way. And I don't use that word intimate in a weird way, just that we really connect with our ideal client, right? Yeah. Intimacy is the right word to use yes. in this case. You know, uh, some years ago, um, I had the pleasure of being the lead interviewer on a documentary about podcasting called The Messengers, which I believe you can find on uh, Amazon Prime. Cool. And among some other outlets as well. Cool. And it was such a fantastic uh movie put together by uh, Neil Giarte and Chris Kermitzos, who founded uh, PodFest, and a collaboration of hundreds of people, hundreds of podcasters from around the world. And when I interviewed all of these podcasters, uh, most of them didn't know each other, had never met. They cool. were podcasting on every possible subject, came from every possible background. Cool. The word that came up in every single interview was intimacy. And that surprised me as we started digging into it a little bit deeper. What we found is that this single focus medium, this audio only medium, as, as podcasting is usually done, sometimes it's also video, but the majority of podcasts are consumed via audio only. Uh, you know, there's this direct neurological connection from the headphones right into your brain. You're bringing these voices into your head or as a host, you're becoming a voice in somebody's head and the community that gets created, the conversation that gets created, even if it's in your own mind as a listener to the host. You know, when I listen to Brene Brown, I'm transported to a place where I'm there with her. I'm talking with her. Absolutely. She is me talking to the guest, but she is also herself talking back to me. And that's a the crazy thing about being a podcast host is you get to play this multiple role, uh, being the avatar for the listener and also being a guide for the listener and being, you know, there present with your guests if it's a if it's a interview style podcast. It's just a fascinating world of human relationship and communication, of storytelling, of information transfer. And I I think there is um 
not enough emphasis placed on the privilege that we grant people as a voice in our heads. You know, there's there's that old saying, you know, be careful who gets in your ear. Yes. You know, because we're influenced by that. But also as a host, if you have listeners, you have been granted the privilege of being a voice in somebody's head as well. And what do we want to do with that? What, how do we want to make use of that privilege and that opportunity to guide people in a, in a certain way? And that's where vocal leadership comes into play. That's where you know, our integrity and excellence come into play. And, um, and I, love, I just love playing in that world. Yeah. And, and it's, I agree a hundred percent. And it's funny, you know, and I, I started my, I always start my podcast by thanking, obviously thanking my listeners, but also saying, you know, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. But when they write those little messages to me, those reviews that what they've learned or that they, they make, I make them feel that sales is something that is an honorable um, job, right? Or that, wow, I get to help people. What a concept. It was never, you know, taught to me that way. So I'm, I'm honored when people join me and I'm so honored when they do write those reviews because it's, it is personal to me. This is personal. This is a personal, uh, platform. And the other thing you said, which I think is important, I feel like everybody is doing a podcast now because it's good marketing. I started podcasting eight years ago before anybody even knew what a podcast was, let alone you sure. know, to use it as a, as a marketing platform. But for me, it was so that I can connect deeply with my people, right? And that, that it's personal to me. It's always been, business has always been personal to me. You know, my clients become my friends. I don't know how to play in business any other way. So this to me is that I'm honored. Anybody that listens to my show regularly, I am truly honored by that. And I hope, I hope I always live up to their expectation by bringing guests like you on so that it just shifts the perspective, even if it's a smidge, right? Even if we change that perspective ever so slightly, I've done my job because we are, I think we all need to have a little bit bigger perspective on things because we're all so narrow minded, right? In our own world, we, we, we listen to things that repeat what I believe. And I, I hope that I always challenge that status quo, um, through my show and my guests. So that's why I, I, I love this topic. I think it's so important and you're doing amazing things. What are some of the trends that you're now seeing in the, on this whole platform and, and, you know, the voice, like you said, that voice leadership? Well, some of the trends that are happening in, in podcasting overall, and I'm going to speak to specifically podcasting uh, in the business realm, because that is the specialty that in the world that I live in. So podcasting is a big world and you can podcast, uh, I'll make a distinction here, you can podcast as a business. And those are true crime podcasts. That's NPR. Those, um, you know, um, what's his name? Um, Rogan. Oh, it's funny. I don't yes. even listen to him. Yes. Everybody knows who is he the, is. Yes, of course. Um, right. Or uh, WTF with Mark Maron. One of the, you know, one of the very first super popular podcasts that is podcasting as a business, your income and everything is being generated from that show. The show is the product. That sometimes gets confused with podcasting for your business, mm -hmm. which is more the type of podcasting we're, we're actually engaged in right now, you and I. It is an extension of your brand. It is a service that you provide that allows people to get to know you, for you to share thought leadership, for you to bring on uh, other people who you know you believe that are 
worthwhile and have something to say, but also who reinforce the platform that you're building so that each of us can have our own kind of, um, you know, our own talk show or our own Oprah platform or whatever it is so that we can disseminate information, but also have people get to know us and what we stand for. And that is where the marketing comes into play. But marketing and and you and I can talk about all the time, marketing and sales are not the same thing. And when podcasting becomes advertorial, when it goes into the sales realm, that's when things get really sticky. And in terms of trends, I am seeing one trend that I find disturbing, but this is always what we find with rising technologies, which is there's a segment of the population that is using podcasting as a direct sales uh, channel. They are using it as part of a sales funnel. Now, there's nothing wrong with this inherently. It's really more, what do you want to be associated with uh, yourself? You know, what kind of show do you have and and what do you stand for? Now, these shows are very obviously um, using their platform to bring in guests that the host wants to sell to. They're not even necessarily selling anything to the audience. They're selling to the guests. So, for example, I get solicited by these all the time. There is a coach of some kind who wants to expand their coaching business. So they will solicit uh, different experts to come on their show as a guest. But what happens as a guest is that they're not really interested in you as a guest. They're interested in you as a client. And there becomes a mismatch there when that is not authentic, when it becomes a machine and it's mechanical and they're just moving you through a funnel and through a process and you feel like just another number. That's a very different experience than reaching out to people you really do want to get to know. And maybe they end up as clients and maybe they end up as collaborators and maybe they end up as colleagues or maybe they already are. But that's not the primary purpose. If there's not a genuine interest in having a conversation and sharing a message with the audience, absolutely, with building a tribe, absolutely. then there becomes a mismatch in the, ener- in the energetics of how the show is being done. Can you imagine watching a television show where the television show was really just trying to sell something to the guests on the show? Horrible. I can't even imagine that ever happening, right? That would never make it through a network because that's not the purpose of that particular medium. So you really have to look at the the motivations behind, you know, who you're listening to and and the the creation of the show. Um, And and that becomes very important. So that's one trend that I'm uh, not happy with. Another trend that I am very happy with is the just the popularity of the rise of podcasting yes. and the buy-in of different organizations. Uh, Apple, of course, made a big play just in the last 24 hours to completely change their podcasting platform. They're starting to make the analytics now transparent, nice. finally, after all these years. Nice. Um, there's going to be a lot of bugs to work on in that system. I've been in it the last 24 hours working through some things with clients. There's already bugs in it, but it'll all work out. Um, Spotify, of course, huge investments, $500 million in investment in building up podcasting as a platform. We're going to see some things that uh, happened with blogging back in the 90s. Uh, and that is that we'll see, you know, a huge proliferation of podcasts. Like we saw a huge proliferation, proliferation. I need to practice my articulation exercises <laughs> of blogs. And then we will see kind of a a die off, you know, some will rise up and 
be very popular. Some will really serve their niches and some people really won't see and they'll be done, you know, for hobbies and for fun and they won't get a lot of listeners. And that's okay too. There's a place in the market for all of that. But we are nowhere close to seeing a saturation point in the market. As a matter of fact, the segment that I work in mostly, which is corporate and executive podcasting, we are barely scratching the surface uh, there. And that is another big area of growth that's happening in podcasting. Yeah. And I, you and I have talked about this, (coughs) excuse me, the, the executives in these corporations, you know, especially if they're heart centered and they have this really good vibe and they, their message is so crystal clear of, of what the organization is. Holy smokes. What a great entree into that market because it's so new that their voice will really be heard and amplified uh, because I don't think a lot of executives are doing that. It was funny. I, I, a client of mine, ironically, um, we were in a meeting, group meeting, uh, several people and, um, he's all about empowering his team. Uh, shout out to Jim Vaccaro and a local uh, bank uh, CEO at a bank in New Jersey and a client. And in the meeting, in the middle of the meeting, and I, I hope I didn't embarrass him when I did this. I'm like, Jim, you got to be on my show. Like, holy crap, your message is so crystal clear that we can't. It, it's not about, hey, look at me. I'm the CEO. I know everything. It's like, hey, look, we need to disperse that leadership, right? We need to empower people to really become a true player in the marketplace, right? And a true player for their clients and what that client journey looks like. You know, mind blow. I'm in the middle of this meeting and I'm like, dude, you got to be on my show because your message is so compelling and other CEOs need to hear this. Other people who are moving up the ranks on the executive, on the executive, need to hear this message. He'd be great as a, as a podcast host. He's all personality too. And he's just such a love of a man that, um, and the, the show blew up. Isn't that funny? Because I think people resonated with his message. I think more executives should absolutely be doing podcasting, especially if they truly, if their message is this very heart-centered, and I don't mean be, you know, um, what's the right word? I'm not saying coddle people. Uh, To me, that's not leadership at all, right? That's just coddling people. But his message is, no, no, we're holding everybody accountable. But at the end of the day, it's that clarity so that we impact that client's journey and how do we need to do that as an organization, right? Whoa. So I, I think that these um, CEOs that have this great vibe, they, man, they should be jumping on this bandwagon because it really gets out there and your clients are just going to love you. Because now the other thing too, right, Tina, it makes them touchable, um, exposed, right, yeah. to the client. It, it puts a human face on yes. a faceless corporation. Yes. And that's exactly what happens. And, you know, one of the going deeper into trends, you know, we think of podcasting as being an external exercise, being yeah. out into the public eye. And it can also be a very effective internal tool because yeah. worldwide we're dealing with massive issues around employee engagement, massive issues around um, yes. mental health, around yeah. stress, around wellness, around um, people feeling disconnected yes. in one way or another. And that impacts everything in the way a company works, particularly in a large company, large and enterprise level companies, because it's so easy for people to get lost in the sauce. Mm -hmm. And Harvard's done studies on remote workers feeling uh, disconnected, disenfranchised, um, and being kind of a potential, not hazard, that's overstating it, but, um, but 
potentially having some conflict with with team. Now, those studies were done before we were dealing with everybody working from home. So some things have changed. Light has been shed on the subject. But now we're also dealing with so much juggling of other issues causing stress. Working from home has its I've been working from home for 12 years. It has its own set of issues, uh, you know, related to it. So we're finding that using internal podcasting as a conduit and as a medium can alleviate some of that stress. It alleviates some of the screen fatigue. And it also allows not just the leaders to have a platform, but the whole team to potentially have a platform to have a voice, to shed a light on success stories, to shed a light on what what's happening in different teams across a large organization, to create cross-collaboration. Because Again, they, these these uh, different sections of a company, they can't see each other. There's not a lot of visibility about who's doing what. And with so much screen fatigue causing all kinds of health issues for people, podcasting is easy. Podcasting is lower cost to produce than video. Yes. It is less intimidating for people than getting in front of a camera. People always get weird in front of a camera. <laughs> You know, it it, it takes training. It takes getting comfortable. And it does take sometimes getting comfortable with the sound of your own voice, too. But that passes more quickly, we find, than having to train somebody on on camera type of work. It's a it's a lot less stressful with, quote unquote, just a microphone. Yeah. So the internal podcasting is is something that is rising. And we're really happy to see it because anything that facilitates authentic communication and great dissemination of information, particularly on remote teams, is going to be beneficial. And people can access it from anywhere, which is really important. Yeah. And and, uh, yes, and it's communication, right? And we need to improve communication, period. So what an easy way uh, to do it. I have to be honest, I'd much rather jump on a Facebook Live or do a quick video than write an email or write content. I'd write a blog like that's painful for me. We're getting on saying, hey, guys, I had I had a thought today. This is what, you know, I had this revelation. This is the experience I had. And it got me thinking, I think we should do, you know, X, Y, Z, right? It's all about the application to get the results. So much easier to jump on and do it. Now, it's funny because you said some people don't like the sound of their voice. I really dislike the sound of my voice because, you know, I grew up in North Jersey. So I have a very... I love your Jersey. Thank you for saying that. I do. I love it. It's (laughs) unique. And it's what you bring behind us. So I'm going to stop you there because I hear this story all the time. I'm going to tell you right now why your voice is great and why you shouldn't worry about it. Okay. Because the factors that influence whether you are perceived as credible or not vocally don't have anything to do with accent. Don't have anything to do. There is a there's a factor of what we call sonority. Sonority is the pleasantness of one's voice. Mm. So if if you know you if you were to really hit hard and long on you know talking like this and yeah. we would hear this, you know, that's a character voice, right? But we fall in love with that kind of character voice. Do we want to listen to it for hours on end? Probably not. No. But there's a place for that kind of a voice. You don't have that. You've got this beautiful I want to say it's just so down to earth accent to your voice backed up by this huge amount of professionalism, a huge amount of warmth and a huge amount of passion. So it doesn't matter what you, you know, what, you know, that beautiful little uh, musicality that you have for your voice that makes you unique, that just makes you unique people hear and they say, oh, that's Connie. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> Only Connie can have Connie's voice. That's it's true. It's your fingerprint. That's true. It, then it becomes your fingerprint, right? Yeah. But that is that whole package. And that's because it comes from your internal voice and mm-hmm. it translates to your external voice. Mm-hmm. But you have great articulation. You own your tempo. You know how to breathe. Those are the things that, that become important in, de, in uh, the vocal leadership factors when we're listening to a leader and mentally, subconsciously determining, can I trust that person? Those are the factors that are important, not an accent. Ever. Yeah, see, I, I agree with everything you just said. And it's funny. I am who I am, right? And this, I've lived in New Jersey my entire life. So of course I mm-hmm. have that, that Jersey, you know, or, you know, coffee. I have that, that essence to me, right? But that's who I am. And it's funny because when I'm on, you know, now we're global, right, Tina? I can't tell you the networking. I'm, I'm talking to people from France, Germany, Italy, and Australia weekly now. Like, what? So uh, this whole global experience in 2020 with COVID, the networking, I feel, has just blown up exponentially as well or globally as well. And it's very cute because as soon as people hear me, they say, where are you from? And I say, oh, I'm East Coast, United States. You know, I'm in New Jersey. They go, oh, we could hear your accent. And I giggle because I hear their French accent. Exactly. <laughs> accent. And they go, I love your voice. And I just giggle. And I say, oh, thanks. Okay, I love your voice, too. Because, right, it's a different sounds than we're exactly. used to. You're exotic to them. Yes, and they're exotic <laughs> to me, right? It's just, it, so that has kind of, it, my, I am who I am. Again, my voice is my voice. I, uh, I of course, try to articulate. I, I do try to slow myself down because I do know I speak quickly. All those things, I'm a work in progress. But that's who I am. So I, I love that you said that it's that authentic. And thank you for that compliment, because I, I truly I just am a warm person. Like I said, at the onset of the show, my clients become my friends. I don't know how to not be personal with people because my the, my clients, they're my people, right? Like we get yeah. each other. I go out of my way to help them because they they're, they mean something to me. It's not just about they're a client, right? They, they're they a person and I'm trying to help them. So I'm glad that that all comes through, you know, through my voice, tempo and all those things. Now, I want to take a step back for everybody listening sure. going, yeah, con, I hear you, baby. I hate <laughs> the sounds of my voice or they're just not confident about speaking and they might yeah. talk like this instead of like this, right? Like I boom my voice out there. What do you say to them? Because it's still a platform that they can kind of embrace, right? Oh, sure. Absolutely. And when, you know, when I speak to rooms full of, um, you know, executives, people in business, and I ask the question, who here doesn't like the sound of your voice? Every hand in the room goes up. Yeah. Even in a room full of podcasters and professional speakers, if I ask that question, at least half the hands in the room will go up Sure. or more, right? It's mostly because there is a disconnect between how we sound in our own heads and how we sound in a recording because we're hearing the resonance of our own skull. It's disconcerting. It's dislocating. And it literally takes a while to get used to. The best thing you can do is repeat it and kind of force your way through it and just listen to the sound of your voice and pretend you're listening to somebody else. Sure. It it really is a matter of getting used to the sound of your own voice and finding things that you do like about it. Do you like the pitch? Do you do you like the way you say certain things? Do you have a laugh that you enjoy? I, you know, I've had to get used to my laugh over the years because I can cackle with the best of them or, you know, I, I'm a snorter, right? You know, and I have snorted on stage. 
it's just one of those things. If I if I laugh at one of my own jokes and I end up snorting, it's just something I'm going to have to own. And inevitably, I'll hear about it later from someone who says, oh, my gosh, I'm a snorter. I was so happy you did that. Because every th- every moment that we show our own humanity in an authentic way, Agree. it resonates with another human being. Agree. So the whole thing about learning to love your own voice is about learning to appreciate and love yourself. It is a dance between the inner voice and the and the outer voice. And a lot of times I explain it from the um, from music. So if you imagine that your outer voice, the voice you speak with, is an instrument. You're learning how to play that instrument. And the more you do it, the more you're practicing, the more you are practicing that instrument, the more you play with it and you learn about it and you give it time and attention. You know, we we almost never exercise our voices the way we exercise our body. I created a vocal leadership workout just for people to understand that you can exercise your face and your throat and your voice just like you exercise your body and it will change the way you sound. Love it. the, so that's all your instrument. But your internal voice is the music you're playing and the music that you're writing. Some of the music we have inside us, we came with, we were born with. Some of the music we have inside us, we were given by society, parents, whatever decisions that we made. And ultimately now as adults, we have the ability to edit and rearrange the music that we were given and that we came in with. And we have the ability to write our own music. And becoming a virtuoso of communication and virtuoso of your message and your voice is about playing the instrument and writing the music and practicing both so that they are in congruence with each other. And that's really the best way that I can explain it. That's beautiful. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, Yeah, beautiful. I've never heard it explained that way, but that's just so beautiful. So what do you do for your clients? We're out of time, but I do want people to understand how you can support them if they truly choose to embark on this. It's a fabulous journey. I think everybody should do it, right? So, (laughs) um, and and, and the, the, the cool thing with it, I remember when I started, I had the person who owns Web Talk Radio, um, uh, Mary Lou, my, my, my good buddy. Again, see, we've become friends through the years, but she coached me, slow down, do this. You, 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 um, didn't articulate that. It, it's all a process, right? That we have to perfect and, and get comfortable with. And then it's like a habit. It's like, like you said, you practice, you could sit down at a piano. You don't need the, in, the sheet music anymore. You know, you know the notes to play. So it's the same kind of thing. That's right. Yeah. So I, I, that was such a great description. What do you do for your clients and what sort of results, you know, have they've gotten so late? What, how can you help people that are thinking, yeah, 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 this sounds great. What do I do? Sure. Understood. Well, the, the, let me back up a little bit. And my company, Twin Flame Studios, has uh, three divisions. And I know we're out of time, so I'll go really quickly. So we produce, publish, and distribute nonfiction audiobooks. We work with companies, corporations, and executives in producing and publishing podcasts internally, externally. And we also work with vocal leadership um, 
and on the training and consulting side of things. A lot of the vocal leadership is infused in the podcasting we do and in the audiobook production that we do. And that's part of our kind of secret sauce. What makes us stand out as a company is that's part of what we bring to the table in the work that we're helping people produce. When I work with people one-on-one in coaching and consulting around vocal leadership, it's really a matter of understanding what your goals are, what do you want to accomplish? What do you love? What do you hate about your voice? And how does it all connect together? And then we may do anywhere from three to six sessions to help you develop a practice and an appreciation of your voice, your impact, where your strengths are. And it's a little bit like personal training. Yes. A little bit like personal training. And it's usually a relatively short-term thing. And then you go off and practice and, uh, and assess it on your own. We can go deep. We can work with teams. We can get communication going in, in larger groups and things like that. But generally, we're starting out with a leader who's stepping forward and saying, I'd like some help with this um, because I want to be more effective as a thought leader. I want to grow in my company. Sure. I want to be on boards of directors. I want to be a guest on podcasts. I'm thinking about hosting and I know I have the material. Now I want the whole embodiment and the way of being, including my voice to be part of that package. Yeah. And I, it's here guys. And I think that, you know, Tina and I met actually through a couple of different ways and we kept hearing each other's names and finally we were like, okay, we got to meet like, this is ridiculous. We, you know, all these people <laughs> keep throwing us together. It was kind of funny, right? Right. But I have um, a colleague, a friend now, she's in the Midwest in the United States, and she works for a wealth man- management division for a bank out there. And the, the bank eludes me off the top of my head, or I would do a shout out. But Dawn Malarney, I hope I said her name correctly, but Dawn, um, she's hosting a podcast. And they're trying to educate people on the wealth management and empowerment and right financial stability. And how do you create that? And so she just emailed me today and said, we got to get you, you know, on my podcast. Obviously, my ba- my background is finance as well as well as business. So um, she's doing it. She's owning it. Her bank, it's, they're, they're a smaller bank, but they're embracing this whole mode of communication. They're so forward thinking in everything they do. Dan Savage is the gentleman, a shout out to him as well. Um, and he's just all about innovation. So I'm loving when I meet people like that because they're using the resources and tools of today to stay current and innovative with, and in this case, their clients and, and trying to educate through the podcast. It's just a fabulous, fabulous um, mechanism. So guys, again, I'm going to give you Tina's um, website. It's twinflamesstudios.com. Both flames and studios are plural. Also, there's a free gift for you. If you go to launchyouraudiobook.com, there's free information for you on that. If you're thinking that you're an author and you'd like to do an audiobook, Tina's got you covered for that as well. And if you have questions specific that you'd like to connect with uh, Tina and, and just bounce something off her, email her at Tina at twinflamesstudios.com. Again, both plural. I will post all three of these links on the show notes so that you have easy access to Tina, to Twin Flame Studios. Um, you know, no matter what you're doing, Tina's got your back. You heard the three divisions of her company. So no, no matter where you're coming in, she'll be able to help you navigate and figure out where the, where the first step should be or what the best step is, depending on what you're trying to experience. I 
hope all the executives listening think about it. Have a conversation with Tina. This is innovative. This is how we stay connected authentically uh, without like just everything writing. We don't. We just don't have time to sit and read anymore because we're flying and podcasting. People can listen to it on their way to work, on the way to the grocery store, while they're vacuuming in their homes. Right. So uh, I think podcasting is just a beautiful platform. I'm honored to be on it. And of course, I'm honored to have guests like Tina come on and share her beautiful wisdom with everybody. So again, TwinFlamesStudios.com and Tina at TwinFlamesStudios.com. If you need me. I'd love, I'd love for you to want more Connie in your life. Uh, go to Whitman. We all need more Connie in our life. <laughs> Tina, right? I'm just saying. I think so. <laughs> go to WhitmanAssos.com. Everything is there. Again, uh, WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA. Get that free communication style assessment. And on my website, you got all of me. Anything you can want is there. My free resources, my masterclass, my book. And you want to email me, you can do it through that as well. Um, Tina, thank you so much. This is really, really an important topic. And thank you for just explaining it. I, I love how you explained the instrument and the music and how we really can become this wonderful vessel of communication. Um, sometimes we just need a little coaching. Sometimes we just need to know what that first step is. So thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing all that just great information. Well, I appreciate that. And all the Connie I can get, I'm down for. You so. know. <laughs> No, you see, you're stuck with me. <laughs> I know. I'm so happy. I love it. I love it. And I hope you will all, all join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together that no matter where you are with your client journey or your client communication, my guests, myself, we have you covered. But for me, please, please keep continue to shift your paradigm of thinking as it relates to your sales conversations with clients. Stop pitching and stop being pushy and manipulative and really just come from a place of love, care and respect and watch the magic that will happen right in front of you. I am on a mission and I, I hope that you all are with me um, as we create this movement. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, Tina, thank you again for being just just a fabulous guest. Oh, thank you, Ken. Yeah, we'll talk soon. And you guys, thank you uh, for tuning in to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast with me, your Heart Centered Sales Leader and host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. I wish you all just a wonderful week. And truly, truly, I am honored that you're on this journey with me as we explore and realize that our clients are important. Otherwise, we don't have business. But equally, that our clients are important because they're our clients and it's personal and we do have to love them and care for them. So thank you again for being on this journey and I will see you all next week. Have a great one. You've been listening to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow. Mm -hmm.